Unitarian Universalist minister working in Central America, I see and I experience some really hard things. And that's why I have to really hold on to beauty and wonder when it comes. Such as this one thing that happened to me when I was in Guyana, and it's a country in South America, and I went to go visit Cater Falls. It is the largest single drop waterfall in the whole world. It's on the Puerto River in the Amazon. And I went up to the falls, and I was transfixed. Uh, the height, the roar, the mist, the rainbows. And then to top it off, I heard some parrots squeak and squawk, and they were really big parrots, like these kind of red and green parrots. They were macaws. And it's like they just came out of the mist, like the waterfall conjured them up, and they flew right below us, all their rainbow colors squawking. It was amazing, and before we could catch our breath, they turned around and came back, and it's like they were headed right into the falls, but at the last minute they veered off to the cliff where they had a nest. I was mesmerized. I knew I had seen one of the most wondrous things in my life. The rainbow colors, the parrots melting in with the rainbows of the mist. That was wondrous for me. But you know, it doesn't just happen in moments like that. It happens in moments of wonderful technology about how I can use this microphone to talk to you. Wonder happens everywhere, all over the place. People in the United States report on the average about having three awe or wonder experiences a week. Think back on your week. What's your average? How many times do you feel wonder or experience? How many of y'all had one time in the last week? How many of y'all had uh, up to five? How many of y'all had more than ten? I'm going home with you all because you know how to do it. <laughs> do you wish you had more wonder and awe in your life? No matter how you answer that, it's good for all of us to cultivate wonder. It's just really good for us. And why is that? Well, to answer that, we sort of think about, well, where does wonder come from? Why is it part of the human experience? And, well, the answer is nobody really knows. But we know it comes from way back. Jane Goodall, who studies chimpanzees in Africa, tells the story but when she saw a lone male chimpanzee come up to a waterfall, um, the jaw dropped, the hair came up on the chimpanzee, started to dance and throw things and poop and holler and point, and then just stood transfixed looking up at the waterfall. Jane and all the other biologists have seen this go on with other individuals, and so she thinks maybe it's some kind of nascent spirituality in our simian cousins. Wonder helps pull us out of ourselves and go towards that which is good for us. It works like a 
everywhere. And so fear keeps them from going out. And then there are other people who are so in love and so wondrous bears, they actually stalk them through the high grass to get an image of a bear. And maybe won't even run away when a bear comes out. What wonder helps us do, working with other emotions, it gets us out of the house towards that which is good for us, but it balances so we don't go out and overdo it and become lunch. <laughs> or if it's early in the morning, we're toast. <laughs> That's the last one I'm more done. <laughs> so what wonder does is it opens up a world of possibilities for us. It helps us live in a world, a real world, the reality. Beauty is all around us and we're part of it. And wonder also helps us live with another reality, a really harsh reality. There's disappointment and illness and death and suffering on a mass scale. Wonder helps balance and if we didn't have wonder, we would withdraw. We wouldn't engage. Our lives wouldn't be as vibrant and deep as, and intimate. Such as one study they did with teenagers. They took them out rafting. And a week later, they were able to test the teenagers, and they found out they were much more engaged in life, and they were much more curious about what was going on for them. <coughs> that wow experience really got them. Wonder also lowers our depression. And it decreases inflammation in our body. Wonder and awe are also really good for our pro-social behaviors, such as humility, generosity, and empathy. Having a wonder experience helps us empathize with other people, which makes them like us and trust us, and our relationships are better and our health is better. Wonder also helps us feel connected to all of life. And our separate self just melts away, and we become present to what's going on here and now. And studies show even if you write about generosity, I mean, write about awe and wonder, you become more generous just writing about your experiences. And this empathy isn't only for our own kind, it's for other species as well. So yesterday, in our nurture nature retreat, that's what we were doing. We were nurturing one another and the wonder of life so that we could grow our empathy for ourselves, yes. And also empathy for the many other species on this planet and then to react compassionately out of that wonder and that empathy. As a Unitarian Universalist minister, I am the facilitator for a national program that's called the First Principle Project. And what we do in that is we ask, what it would be like for Unitarian Universalists, if we change the first principle from the inherent worth and dignity of every person to the inherent worth and dignity of every being. Basically what this project asks is what would it feel like to live as if you were in love with life? There are so many ways to grow that love of life. Wonder and empathy are just two of the ways. There are hundreds, as the Sufi poet Rumi said, let the beauty that you are be what you do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. 
I would like to just suggest four this morning. How do we nurture wonder? Well, the first one, just get out there. I mean, nature is in here. Go out into nature. Go have a loud experience. I was leading a multi-generational bird tour in New Mexico. And the families and the parents came. And the children didn't really seem to know what to do with themselves, especially little Joey. Joey's mother had an addiction to crack cocaine. And he was born addicted to cocaine. So he had troubles relating to people, resonating, modulating his emotions, connecting. So there's Joey and the other children who are going around on the word tour. And we come across this sparkling blue lake and there's snow geese. Thousands of them on this lake. They're bright white birds and so the sun and the glitter of the white feathers are amazing. And then something spooked the birds and they all took off. The sound of those wing beats just thronged in our being with our hearts. And the children went ballistic. Especially little Joy, like that chimpanzee in the waterfall. Joy jumped up and danced and pointed and screamed. He ran right for the arms of his grandparents, wanting to connect and share with that. Nature experiences, like the snow geese, are full of things that startle us and surprise us, and that's part of the awe and wonder. Jim Austin, who is a friend of mine, he is a neuroscientist that studies But more than anything, 
clarity of my connection to humanity and to all of life. And I knew that when he said Mary and Jesus, it was if I was saying trees and birds. And ever since that time, I've moved more towards beauty and things spiritual, more towards service, and more towards having an ease of religious differences. Because I know that wonder is beneath it all. My friend Jim, the neuroanatomist, says what happened to me was not unusual. People know that looking up really makes a difference. They do studies on that. They, they have one group, a study group, and they had a grove of trees, and they had one group sit there and look at the trees for 15 minutes. And they had the other group turn their back to the trees, to the trees. Well, they were fixing their microphone. <laughs> and so the group that looked at the trees and the group that turned their back, what they did was have a questionnaire they wanted them to fill out. So they came up with a questionnaire and they pretended to trip and they dropped the box of pencils. And those who had been staring at the trees picked up more pencils than those who had not been staring at the trees. And they also wanted less, they were less inclined to want to be paid for their time. It made them more generous. So go out and look up at trees, at the birds, and in the night sky for the last month you can see four planets right before the sun comes up. It's so good for us to do this. Now there's another way we could have wow experiences, and that's not even by looking up. Wonder, like other emotions, if you just have the facial expression of it, or say the word, you can actually induce wonder by saying the word, wow. <laughs> so, would you say it with me? Wow. Now that beauty that's out there is actually everywhere in ordinary life. But how do we use wonder to move towards what is uncomfortable or boring or banal? I mean, it's all well and good to enjoy the leaves in the fall time and the white tail of the deer bouncing through these fields around here. But how do we have wonder in the winter time when there's no leaves and when the snow is gray and slushy? And the only thing that is wondrous is the morning newspaper about the last crazy thing that ridiculous politician just said. Really? Something. 
even existent during the Devonian period, which was died about 350 million years ago. In the Devonian period, they had two massive extinctions. One was even bigger than the Cretaceous one, where we lost our dinosaurs. Alrighty? So why did that extinction happen? They feel that it was triggered because of the expansion of woody trees. They changed the ground and the oxygen, and we lost up to 70% of the genera of all species on the planet. And the trees really were successful. There's now three trillion trees on this planet. That's 400 for every one of us. So there is more of them than there are of us. They caused worse extinction and climate change than we have to yet. We're really not so bad, are we? <laughs> really? Which brings us to the third way of experiencing wonder. It's wonder of our own kind. I mean, it's, I'm going to move to the hand mic. Okay, all right, here we go. So the, the third way of wonder is to have wonder of our own kind. I mean, it's, it's well and good to be so in, in awe of babies and geniuses, but what about having wonder of the ordinary faces of the people we spend our lives with, or even maybe the people who cause harm in our lives? It's really the, some of the same energy and the practice to have wonder of our own kind. Who are you? How did you get to be here? What are you thinking and feeling? How is it that humans can build bridges and go into space? How can we be so kind amidst so many challenges? This, for me, as a minister and a wildlife veterinarian, is the toughest spiritual question we have, is to really like our own kind and be in awe and wonder of how we got to be here. So this one takes a lot of practice, because we want to move from the judging and blaming energy that is sort of summed up by this way, dude, and we want to move to a softer dude energy. <laughs> like, dude. So would you say it with me? And that beauty that is in other people is in us. How did we get to be here? What are we thinking and feeling? And if we can't be in awe and wonder of ourselves, it's really hard to do it with the rest of life and to connect. But we so often aren't giving them messages that our internal chatter in our lives are wonderful. So we have to practice this one a lot. So the way to practice this is just to go, I'm good. Okay, would you say it with me? I'm good. Okay, so putting it all together, it would go like this. Wow, really? Dude, I'm good. So would you say it with me? Wow, really? Dude, I'm good. It's in our nature to nurture. 
our nature, yours, theirs, the earth. Let us do it for our sake and for this beautiful blue boat home and all the life we share. <laughs>